Hey, thanks for joining me with Jay Maxey, the host of The Max Factor here at Truth University. We're going to be talking about network evangelism. What is it? What does it look like? We're going to go back 2,000 years ago at the very beginning, starting right now. So network evangelism, what is it? What does it look like? We're going to get into it, but real quick, let's look at a statistic here. Uh, 95% of Christians will never in their lifetime uh, share or lead another person to Jesus Christ. Uh, we're talking about salvation here. And uh, yet it's, it's a simple way that changes dramatically when we can take the everyday person, the multitude, and make them into a soul winner for Jesus Christ. And how do you do that? You know, evangelism is not a new term. Um, soul winning is not a new term. Being fishers of men is not a new term. But what does it take? What does it look like? We're going to get into it right now. Uh, let's go ahead and turn to Luke 24, 46 through 48. So what? So we're talking about born again believers here. Uh, we're talking about people who have had an encounter where they have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, and now they're wanting to know what the next step is. Where do we go from here? So in Luke 24, 46 through 48, uh, it says, He told them, This is what is written, The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem you are witnesses of these things and my question to you is why did he tell them to begin in Jerusalem okay this is a very important thing now you may be telling me Jay I've been saved for a long time I'm not a, a new at this I'm not a, a someone who just got recently saved but what we're talking about here is what does it take in order to share. It takes a boldness. It takes God coming on the inside of you by the Holy Ghost to where you can share the, the Word of God and your testimony to make a difference, to win a soul for Christ. And so this is where he says, he says it begins in Jerusalem. So most Christians rarely ever, like I said at the beginning, share their faith and so there is an it's called intimidation if you want to know what it is it's called intimidation and so many are intimidated by the thought of evangelism and they don't even know where to begin so those who do witness often do so in a way uh, that are inefficient or ineffective because we're wanting to see the fruit of it and so sometimes I think when we put ourselves on the spot there we're thinking it's in ourselves it's under our power it's under our control uh, to to have people convert or come to Christ and when they don't do it we feel like a failure okay we feel like we let God down so we're gonna address some of these things today okay so let's look at that again Luke 24 46 to 48 it's actually in, in the verse 47 Okay, verse 47 is what we're going to look at here. And he said, before, uh, he told them, he said, beginning at Jerusalem. Why? Because because uh, before Jesus' disciples began to reach out uh, to other nations, uh, other regions, other areas, he told them to begin at Jerusalem. Uh, you know why? Because they knew the culture. 
they knew they knew the city uh and not only they knew people there right you know you want to start where you know people and so you know he's given them um before th th you know sending them far away from home he's given them some experience locally so close by you know so uh, christian researchers and writers have often consistently found that most effective soul winning is done not with strangers but with those whom they already have established some relationship and I can tell you right now, uh, my wife and I were in Philadelphia after uh, moving from Louisiana to help with a church plant. Uh, you're in a, a, a community or you're in a suburb of uh, a metropolitan, uh, millions of people. And what we're finding out is that some people won't even step foot in a, in, in a church. They, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're not going to come to your church. Why? Uh, they don't know who you are. Uh, they, they want some trust there. So how do you do that? What are we talking about? We're talking about relationships, okay? Most people will let their guard down, let their walls down when there is some form of relationship there. And so this is where the network evangelism comes in. So look at it this way as well. Intimidation goes both ways. When you invite someone out to church, they're entering into a congregation a church building where they know nobody and they're not familiar with the service they're not familiar with the worship they're not familiar with how uh, how long it will be and how long would it end they're not familiar with a lot of things so keep that in mind there is something out there called intimidation and it works on both sides okay but I also want to state this uh, just a disclaimer I'm not trying to minimize uh, anyone from sharing their faith with a stranger. I think we should do that. I think it's important, nor am I minimizing any great gifted evangelists and in doing any kind of uh, mass crusades or anything like that. Souls are important, and they've been certainly won in, in many different forms and ways, for sure, okay? But what I'm presenting to you uh, today is that uh, th this approach that the gospel needs to be shared uh, more than any other way uh, it will turn it will turn ineffective witnesses into effective winners, soul winners for Jesus Christ by just starting right where you're at. Okay, so let's go to Mark 5, 8, and 18 and 19. Okay, Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And then in verse 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, and Jesus did not let him, but he said, Go home to your people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. This is very important. This is a very good scripture reference here. And we're going to go to a couple other ones, but this is very important. He said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he had had mercy on you. My question is, is what has God done for you? Can you share what God has done for you, what he's transformed in you, what he set you free of, what he's delivered you, what he's healed you from? Do you have anything you can share with another person that might make a difference for them to question whether or not God is in their life. If God has their address, if God has their zip code, do not be afraid. Look at look toward the Holy Ghost to empower you, to give you that boldness. 
He said, don't worry about what you're going to say. He's going to give you the words to say. Do not try to formulate. Try not to do a, a, a template. Try not to memorize all this stuff. It's good to know the Word. It's good to know the Bible, Bible verses. But it's also good to know that when you come and you step out in faith, that God's going to meet you right where you're at and give you the words to speak to make a difference. So Jesus said, go to your own people. Hey, I'm telling you right now, these are family and friends. That's who those people are. Okay? Go home. Uh, another version says, uh, I think it's in the Amplified, family and relatives and friends. It's even turned up, amplified, loud. Go home to your friends and relatives. <laughs> but the demon-possessed man had been delivered by Jesus and immediately wanted to forsake all, to follow Jesus in his travels, to go with him, to get on the boat. But Jesus declined and said to him, this new believer, rather, to go immediately to his own people, his family, other relatives, friends, neighbors, to tell them about Jesus and what he's done for them. Uh, the percentage of who, who respond to the gospel from any uh, from among our own our own people is dramatically higher than those who respond who are strangers who share with them. Okay? And so uh, one man uh, amply put it, he said, you catch the most fish when you fish within the right ponds. When you fish in the right ponds, you catch more fish. The best pawns for you are those people who know you well. Okay? And now let's go to another scripture verse. John 1, 40 through 42. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon, and to tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. So you had Andrew the Baptist, okay, so this is one of John the Baptist's disciples. You had Andrew the Baptist leave his denomination to follow Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Have you ever thought of that? Andrew, a disciple of John the Baptist, left John the Baptist, his denomination, his teaching, to follow Jesus Christ. I like this. I like this. The very first thing Andrew did after personally encountering Jesus was to go to his brother, Peter, and tell him about Jesus. And, and, and when people are newly saved, that is very effect it's a very effective time for them to go to their friends and family and tell them what they have found in Jesus Christ. Yet another survey here. Uh, 58% of those who go to church regularly uh, first began going when they were invited by someone they knew. How did you come to church? What brought you here today? Okay? And then you have the ones that just hey, there's a church, I think I'll stop there and, and go there. We've had those two as well who have driven by and maybe something unctioned them to come into the church building or maybe, you know what, it was it was across the street from a ho the hotel or something or someone invited them, okay? So, and that's, and that's good too. Um, so we're going to go ahead and look at another scripture verse here. Let's go to Mark 2. 
14 through 15. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Aphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and the Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for they were many who followed him. Interesting. Tax collectors, many tax collectors, uh, and sinners. So what is your takeaway from this? Well, from what we can tell, uh, Levi had a, a job-related network, uh, that being a tax collector. And so in, in this account, we can see um, that his um, same occupation, so his co-workers possibly, or possibly affiliates, affiliations with tax collectors or a network of, of, of other tax collectors, uh, eating together with Levi and Jesus. And, and many of them were choosing to follow the Lord. Uh, isn't it, it, it? I just find that fascinating. Like all of a sudden, I get saved and now I'm inviting the person who witnessed to me uh, in this situation, it was Jesus, um, to dinner. And I'm inviting other people to come and partake and, and be a part of it. Um, I can tell you this, that one of the greatest tools uh, that is out there is that you can use today, and it works, I can tell you that, is, is food. <laughs> Dinner, lunch, um, invite people over to your house for coffee, tea, uh, a dessert. It works phenomenal. It's low key, there's no pressure. Uh, the intimidation's pushed off to the side because you're not inside of a church building. Uh, you're, you're outside the four walls and, and they're, they're, they're looking at it probably as harmless too on top of that. Hey, why don't you come to my house? Uh, they don't know the pastor's gonna be there or they don't know this person who shares the gospel or has a Bible study or whatever the background is as far as ministry goes, that they're gonna be there, but we're gonna go ahead and take this opportunity to have a dinner or have a dessert or coffee and tea and we're gonna do what evangelists do. They're gonna go ahead and find an opportune time to share the gospel. So I would go ahead and just ponder this. Uh, this is in the Bible, and um, what's what's a better way to, to invite people over? Invite them over for tea and dinner, or, or or lunch, or you know even after church service. Uh, invite them over to your house. You know it's a great opportunity time to to share uh, even more more testimony, more of what God's done in your life, more of how He's healed and delivered and set free, how He's blessed how he's encouraged. Um, that's what I'm talking about here. Use, use what you have where you're at, right where you're at right now, um, and, and use what God has given you. Use that thing. Use the opportunity to uh, your co-workers. Use the opportunity to, to family. You know how I came to the Lord? God used my sister who was... Um, pregnant and, 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 and gave birth out of wedlock. She struggled. She was a high school dropout, was uh, mingled in drugs and all kinds of a mess. And God used her because her life was changed, transformed. And I was curious. I was like, I was seeing my sister from a distance because she wasn't living at home anymore. And I was wondering what has taken place in her life. She's a different person. I was intrigued. I wanted to know I can see something different about you. 
what is going on in your life? You know, at the time I was 19, 20 years old, right around there out of high school myself. And I was wanting to know what was going on. And I can tell you what happened. I'm going to share it with you right now. It's kind of kind of funny now. She and her, and so she, she had these babies and then she uh, eventually got married, but not to the baby's dad. So God used my sister in this way. She was in an apartment with these two babies. They're not saved at this time. But someone comes to the door and witnesses to them. And they were not a Jehovah's Witness and they were not a Mormon. These were Christians. I'm telling you, it works. Door to door does work. I've done it myself and God still uses it today. Anyway, short note there. Anyway, they get saved. I noticed my my sister is transformed and she's different. I'm intrigued and I want to know what's going on. So they invited me over to dinner, okay? I believe it was a Friday night. They invited me over to dinner. Now, I was ambushed. I'm telling you right now, I was ambushed. I did not know that their pastor was going to be there at this dinner. So we're having dinner. It's going good. They're asking questions. You know, it's it's very low-key and stuff. And, but God used that dinner to to make an impression on me. And after the dinner, they invited me down to the church where they had some literature, brochures, uh, witnessing uh, pamphlets and stuff. And they witnessed to me. And I can tell you when they witnessed to me that God showed up and he was there. Uh, I did not get saved right there on the spot. But when I drove away from there... Every hair in the back of my neck and arms was standing on end. And I was saying, God, if that was you, I'm interested. I'm all in. I didn't get saved right then and there. But a seed was planted. And later on, not too much longer after that, I gave my life to the Lord and got saved. So, God can use food. He does many times uh, to win people over for business transactions, lunches, dinners, uh, a lot of businesses use that to do business. They'll go out to lunch or dinner. And so, uh, anyway, uh, he'll use it. Um, so, Mark 5, 19, let's go to this one too. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had had mercy on you. John 1, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. These are great witnessing tools. Acts 920. At once Paul began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. So he went to where he knew the people. He went to the synagogue. Interesting, isn't it? God used Paul in the synagogue because people knew Paul in the synagogue. I'm telling you right now, evangelism is effective today. You need to not be afraid. You need to ask the Holy Ghost to guide and direct you, to direct your path. You need to get on your knees and pray. You need to be in his word daily and devour it and eat it and drink from it. He will give you refreshing. You need to not go by yourself. He sent them out two by two to witness. So it's best that you do not go by yourself for many reasons, okay? It's it's a protection and it's accountability. So I, I want to share this with you. Network evangelism, we must do it. We must not be afraid and intimidated. God will use you this day very day to speak with friends and family and those who do not receive the ones that Jesus could not witness to in his hometown because of familiarity he basically shook off the dust off of his feet 
and he went to the next place. So understand, there is intimidation out there. It is, it is, it is fear, and we're not to be afraid. We're supposed to walk in love. It will transform your life. Walk in love. Share the word of God. Share your testimony, and do not be afraid. In Jesus' name. Well, that about wraps it up. I want to thank you for joining the Max Factor today. I'm Jay Max here at Truth University. Until next time, God bless.